So, uh, everything that we said about cocaine yesterday in the 1800s could be said about smartphones today. And today what I want to do is I want to talk about ways in which your phone is changing. We'll do that for the next two days we'll talk about these things. And I want you to say a couple of things right off the bat, which is, one, I don't have any original ideas. If there's some, like, hardcore presbyter in here who's going to be like, you plagiarize that from somewhere else, I'm giving all credit to everyone and anyone besides me right now. So you can just do whatever it is you do. Um, you can jump right back in your khakis and maybe blazer and get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but uh, the other thing I'll say is that I don't do all these things well. Like, I don't handle these things well. So everything I say about you is also true of me to one degree or another. Um, we are from different generations, and that's going to matter. It's just related. But we're going to talk about ways in which your phone is changing you. And everything that I'm going to say, we need to say right off the bat, is that these are problems that already existed in your heart, and the phone just enhances, enables, or exacerbates them. Okay? They, these are things that already existed. Sin is not out there coming to get you. It's not what goes into a man that defiles him, as Jesus said. But out of the heart of man comes all sorts of unrighteousness, right? So sin is in here, and what we're talking about is the way in which our phones reveal, unlock, highlight our sin that's already in our heart. Okay. So, with that out of the way, let's get to it. First thing is that we, because of our phones, we're already addicted to distraction, but our phones enhance, enable, and exacerbate this problem. Is that we are addicted to distraction. And we do that in three ways. We check our phones constantly because we want to keep work away, we want to, get, we want to keep people away, and we want to keep eternity away. We check our phones to keep work away, to keep people away and keep eternity away. I'm going to repeat myself a little bit more because in this hour there are people who can't see the screen. So that's why I'm doing that. Um, the first thing is is that we, and, and everyone in these instances, this is something that was already going on before phones, but phones have, again, enhanced, enabled, and exacerbated this problem. Those three E words, you know, that's why I came to the big book, because I'm a thesaurus, so I can come up with words like that. First of all, we keep our, we use our phones to keep work away. Now, this is something that has been going on since, since the fall, which is that we procrastinate, okay? I didn't have a cell phone, like, when I was, like, 12 years old, but I still procrastinate. And procrastination, so self-harm is a thing that we do. We know that we have to get something done, and we wait until the very last minute to do it. And the reason that we do it is because we secretly hate ourselves, I guess. We know, like, the teacher gives you the assignment at the start of the year, and it's like, you need to work on this a little bit each day, and you're like, okay, teacher, like, that's cool. Um, I don't need to stay up all night the night before school and um, get it done. So, like, this is what we do. We, and here's the thing, is that we have always done it, but the phones make it easy. The phones are great. When we have something to do, and we don't want to do it because it's hard or just can't get in the mood for it, then we're just looking for any little thing that will distract us. And the phones are great at providing that, that anything. That, this, they're anything device. Um, it's so obvious me there's an empty chair right there and there's someone sitting on the floor. We all just slide this way and someone please can take that seat. That just kills me. Sorry. Um, the phone is great. Someone come sit right here. Seriously. Look, you. You're standing up right there. I mean, I'm not trying to, like, you probably, like, I hate attention to you, I'll just ring it for you. But, like, I, you know, anyway, it just bothers me. I don't, um, why would you talk for that? But, uh, why would you do that? So, um, 
Anyway, sorry about that. I didn't mean to like cut you off. But um, but like, it's, here's how here's how I'll make that case for you. And look, when I say what I'm going to say, some of you are immediately going to feel like you need to groan or react to this, and so just get over that, okay? Um, so the example that I'll use is the game Fortnite, okay? And um, see how you want to. And um, okay, look. Fortnite came out in 2017, so it's been two years of Fortnite, and um, I know when it came out, I know when it came out, because I have friends, I like to play video games, by the way, but I don't, I'm, I have a mortgage and a job and children, and so my video game playing is quite a lot of video game playing, but, um, but I still like them and appreciate them, and I have a friend who uh, has more time than me, and he was like, Kurt, Download this game, Fortnite, and I was like, I'm not really buying any games right now, but that's where I'm spending my money. And he was like, no, listen, Kurt, it's free. And I was like, oh, so it's one of these things where, like, it's free, but the people who pay have a, he's, no, 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 it's totally free. Like, you don't have to spend a dime on it. It's like, just go, get your Xbox, download it, we're going to play. And so this is like in August of 2017. The game came out in July. So this is like at the very beginning of Fortnite. And I was just out there. I would put my kids to bed at night. My kids go to bed at like 7.30 or 8. And then like, if I didn't have anything to do, I would just be like, all right, well, let's, let's go get some stuff. And like, they on. Um, and we're, guys, dubs were gotten. So, um, I was the first one in my group of friends that got a solo win. And uh, I pushed camp the entire time. Like they, uh, but they were like, you won a solo game? I was like, I did this on the leg. I mean, like, but, so, August, September, October, November, just grinding away at Fortnite. It was really, you know, like, and I want to say grinding away, like, not like what you guys do, but like, okay. Like, I played for like an hour and a half. I was like, whoa, that was a little much. But like, um, but, uh, in November, December rolls around, and all of a sudden, my students start coming up to me. And, I, and they're like, Kurt, have you heard about this game before? And I'm like, it is awesome. And it's like, kind of like Minecraft built up in the shoes of Call of Duty. It's so great. And I'm like, I've never heard of it. I don't know, it's weird. Um, they're like, here, here, you try it, you try it. And so like, I jump on the sticks real quick, and they're like, you're a god!
they get really popular at the end of April, beginning of May. And why is that? They get, that's because summer is coming and exams are here. And when exams are here, students are like, hey, is that cool at all? I will try it. I will do anything besides chemistry. Like, um, and this is true for me, too. Someone handed me, someone basically told me that I look like I had no friends because they were like, hey, don't, you like to read, right? And um, in college, they said, you like books, right? And I'm like, yes, I do like books. Um, they, uh, if, if you ever read this book called The Hobbit, and I was like, no, I had it. And he gave me The Hobbit to read, like, right before, like, chemistry final. And I can tell you that my chemistry final didn't go too hot. Um, that's because I was reading The Hobbit. When I got done with it, um, I should have been studying for chemistry or for communication exam or whatever, but instead I was studying, I was reading The Hobbit. And I remember when I got done with it, I was like, man, I really love that book. Like, I wasn't actually kind of mad when it was over because I was like, man, I wish there was more of this. And my man was like, well, let me tell you something. Um, there's three more, and they're even bigger. And I was like, yeah, let's go. So that reveals a little bit more about me, and you can understand me now a little bit more. But, like, any time that we have something demanding coming up, we are looking for that anything. We're looking for that anything. And you can just see it in the cycle of our lives, right? You guys are playing Slither.io, you're playing Flappy Bird. And when you're doing that is when you have, if you're not doing that because those games are awesome, they're not awesome. You're just doing it because anything will do to keep me away from what I have to do, right? So we use our phones. It's excellent at providing anything. We use our phones particularly to avoid the work that we have to do. So we use our phones to keep work away, but we also, and this is more nefarious, we use our phones to keep people away, right? And there's very easy ways in which we do this, okay? Um, let's say that you're in a place and uh, you know that you see someone from far off and they haven't seen you yet. And um, they're like, right now, oh, my phone's over there. That's why it's recording. Let me see someone else. Um, yeah, so it's fine. I'll even do this. It'll work fine. Um, but, like, so if you have your phone, don't do it like this. Do it like this. But anyway, I'm trying to be like But, like, if you want to avoid what someone, like, someone, you see someone, you don't really want to talk to them, like, this is a trick that people pull all the time, where they just pull up the phone, and you just, all you do is say, yeah, or uh-huh, like, every, like, five seconds, and no one will talk to you, like, yeah, uh-huh. If you want to really, you just throw in a nut, be like, no, uh-huh. Yeah, see how we all look? And no one, and like, I'm protected from you. 
I don't have to, I don't have to be with you. Alright? So we use it to keep people away. We also, I'm just curious about more time, sorry. But another thing that we do is that we all, as fathers also act to us with a tiny little reminder that something better might come along. Not a reminder for us, a reminder for everyone that we do. So like, I might meet people for breakfast, I might meet a student for breakfast in Montgomery, and like we did this place called Chappie, which is, you know, a fine restaurant, it's not that great, but they have good breakfast. And it's really close to the schools, a lot of schools. And so we meet there and meet breakfast. And like, this is how I used to do one-on-ones, which is a terrible way to do it. Because they'll say I'll just meet where I don't think I usually meet voice. Um, and the girl that I want with is the girl. But let's just say that was for hypothetical reason that I was meeting you. What's your name? Okay, this is a little trouble here. See, but, um, the, uh, I don't know if you have your name on the phone. Well, I'll just, I'll get you serious. Like, um, but, like, let's say that was me and Kate, and I sat down with the booth, and I was like, Annie Kate, tell me about your life, and I set my phone face up, like, right there on the table. What I've done is I've said, like, hey, Annie Kate, I care about you, but I only care about you this much, right? Because if at any moment something happens, I'm going to have to be full of love. Right? Because you're important to me, but you're not that important, right? And we do this all the time. How good does that feel? It doesn't feel good at all, right? Instead, let me show you how to listen to someone real quick. And now you can have to come back to real. Which is this is that when you actually listen to someone, you should try this. Someone taught me this in college and I never forgot this called the Pine Model. And I'm going to try it on any table with it, which is this. It's first, I'm going to face forward. That's the F and Pine. I'm going to look only at any table. I'm not going to be like, you know, like this. You know, like, or whatever. So, I know it was weird seeing that. But, like, um, so I'm facing forward, right? The second thing is I'm slightly inclined to order, and that lets her know that, like, hey, I care about her, I care about what's going on in her life. And the third thing is, is I'm not letting other things distract me, like the TV and the restaurant, she's so uncomfortable right now. And, um, but, like, I'm not letting anything distract me, and then also I'm maintaining eye contact, right? And what I've done with my body, all right, what I've done with my body is I've indicated to her that she matters, right? And we so rarely do this. This is called active listening, right? Looking at someone and being like, you are what matters to me right now, right? And we, the phone encourages us not to do this. The phone encourages us to never give someone our full attention because we're always distracted, because we're always, we're using it to keep people away and keep awkward situations away. Okay, so we use it to keep work away. We use it to keep people away. And then lastly, we use it to keep eternity away. And what I mean by this is, is that we don't, there's no way to keep eternity away. Okay? So that's not what I mean. I serve at a church where off the top of my head, I can tell you six families in my church that have buried teenagers. Okay? That have buried a child in their teens. And this is where I'll pause for a second and say, I know you think you're going to live to your 70s, but that is in no way guaranteed. And I've seen it played out. Okay? I've seen it happen. I've seen the coffins. Okay, it's a real thing, and it might not happen to you, but it might, and that's why what we're talking about is so important. It's because it's why you can draw a line. Right? It's because not just because we're not selling fire insurance, like just don't go to hell. But like your whole life up until the point you die, your whole life up until the point you die, we want it to be the way that it's designed to be, which is faithful toward God, not trying to build up more than yourself, right? So you can't keep eternity away. What I mean is you're keeping thoughts of eternity away. In other words, we use our phones to avoid solitude. And this is why I'm so glad that I was born in 1980 and I wasn't born in 2003, 2002, or whatever you were born, right? Like, I'm so happy. I would not trade places with you. 
And this is not like your generation thinks it's like you guys have been dealt a pretty tough hand, okay? And let me explain to you what I mean by that. When I was in college, which would have been right out when you were being born, um, when I was in college, here's what would happen. And sometimes I just couldn't sleep. I don't know if you guys ever had nights like this, where you're just like, I'm not going to sleep. And you're just laying there staring at the sin, and you're like, please sleep, come to me, and it will not come. And you're like, this is the worst. And it's like 2 a.m. in college, and my roommates are asleep, sleeping down because they're righteous, and I wasn't. And so you're just deep in thought, and at least I was. And I was thinking about my life and who I was and what I believed and what I wanted to do and like, like where my identity was and, you know, all those things. I was just totally thanks for doing that. And to- totally, like, I was just in solitude. And sometimes, not every time, but a lot of times, I would open up my Bible. I remember one particular night I read first and second Corinthians, like the whole thing. I was just really trying to understand it and like what was going on. And one night I read, like, I reread a book that was really important to me in college called Your Christianity by C.S. which is for sale over there, by the way. And, um, and, I, and just to be honest, I was just alone with God and my thoughts. And, like, I'm not sure that I'd be up here talking to you guys if those nights have happened. I'm just going to be honest. Like, I'm not sure that I'll even be in the church. Like, I feel like God used that in my life. Now, many times God has stepped in and restrained me. Um, or taking something from me, like sleep, and it ended up being really good for me. Right? And that happened to me. And can I tell you all something? I would never have had those moments if I could have just scrolled through my phone, right? With my phone, I, I wouldn't I would, I would have happened. I want you to think about that for a second. That would not have happened if it wasn't. And this is the sad part of this generation. And I'm not trying to like just trash all this. is like a hard man to do that. It's this. It's that. Here's the difference between being born in 1980 and being born in 2000, 2003, and however it was. It's that. If I wanted to see pornography, I had to go find it. Okay? I had to go looking for it. Alright? And solitude, like being alone with God and my thoughts, it would just accidentally happen to me from time to time. It would just like, whoops, I slipped and fell into solitude. Like, that would have the exact opposite is true for you. Pornography is out for you. It is coming for you. It doesn't matter if you want to find it or don't want to find it. It is going to find you. And you guys, solitude is not going to find you. Okay? If you want to have solitude, you're going to have to go and get it. It's so much harder for you. It is. That my heart goes out to you. Because you are, I accidentally found time alone with God. You guys will never find time accidentally alone with God because you've always got everyone with you right now. That's the tragic flip that has happened. One of the tragic flips that's happened in the last like 20, 25 years. Is that? And here's why. So this is a problem for everyone, regardless of what you believe about God. But it's especially a problem for Christians because what did Jesus particularly do? Is that he went away by himself to be alone with God. And I'm very comfortable saying that you're not better than Jesus, and that I'm not better than Jesus, and that. If Jesus needed to be alone with God, then I probably need to be alone with God. And and you guys, that means you guys are going to have to actively work against the cultural forces in your life in order to be alone with God. Whereas I didn't have to do that. That accidentally happened to me. Okay? So, we're never really alone. We're never alone because we're always carrying our phones with us. If we're never alone, then we need to be alone with God. And that's really, that's tragic. So, 
We use our phones to keep these things away. This is a great quote from a guy named Peter Kreese. Um, he wrote a book called Christianity for Modern Pagans, and he's kind of ripping on a guy named Pascal, Blaise Pascal, who was French and dead, but, um, and brilliant, too. But uh, This is a quote, and it starts out a little tough. You might not understand what he's trying to say. But pay close attention. We run away like conscientious little bugs, scared rabbits, dancing attendants, or liking, sharing, anything. We think we want peace and silence and freedom and leisure, but deep down we know that this would be unendurable for us. We want to complexify our lives. We don't have to. We want to. We want to be harried and hassled and busy. And if I could say anything about your generation, I would say this. You guys are so busy. Simply busy. Um, unconsciously, we want the very thing we complain about. For if we had leisure, we would look at ourselves and listen to our hearts and see the great gaping hole in our hearts and be terrified because that hole is so big that nothing but God can fill it. And what is Peter Creek saying here that Blaise Pascal was also saying is this, is that we are purposely distracting ourselves because we are scared of what we will find if we are alone with God. We are frightened of what we will discover about ourselves and about what's going on in our hearts. We're, we're in mortified to think that we could be laid bare. And so therefore, we're doing anything we can to push those things away. That is an interesting conversation to have. Let's move on. Um, we're addicted to distraction. But secondly, oh, sorry, I, I forgot. I, I forgot about, hold on. Let's go back. Um, I've already revealed it, but for those who didn't see it, what is the uh, greatest commandment? Someone asked Jesus what the greatest commandment is. What? Yes, you did one and two. That was a starch in there here. But um, the uh, first and second greatest commandment is this is Jesus. He says, Do you think Jesus gave his top two? He didn't do ten. Guys, he did two. He's really taking it easy on us. Two things. One, the most important is this. Here are Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Okay? But here is why the addicted distraction is such a problem for us as believers, is that there's that little word that shows up over and over again in this passage. It says, all, all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength. Let me ask you a question. Do you ever give your all to anything? Do you ever give your all to anything? It's very difficult if you're constantly distracted to give your all, all your heart, all your soul. This is the greatest commandment. Jesus said, what's the best commandment? Jesus said, this is number one, and there's not really a question. One and two, they're the top two. And our phones are actively working against us to keep us from keeping the greatest commandment. Whoa. Okay, so we're addicted to distraction. Second one, we ignore our flesh and blood. And the easiest way to describe this, what I'm talking about is the fact that we ignore the people around us. In order, in order to serve the people or to connect to the people who are not around us. The easiest way to talk about this is texting and driving, okay? Because texting and driving is really insane. And here's why it's insane. You, people who text and drive, they just haven't thought it through, okay? And I've texted you guys before, okay? But I'm doing my best not to. But, like, look, let's say that you are driving in your car. It's a 1,500 to 2,500 pound bullet that you're driving in. You're going, like, let's say you're just going 40 miles an hour. And there's another car coming in the other lane, and it's going 40 miles an hour, okay? And y'all are passing each other, okay? Now, what is separating those two cars? 
Don't think too much about this, okay? Because if you really think about it, you might not ever want to drive again. What is separating those two cars? An idea, okay? An idea is keeping them from hitting head on. Someone has finger painted two little yellow lines, and we have told ourselves that will keep us safe, okay? Like, and if you really let your mind go there, you might not ever drive a car. We actually make these assumptions that people will follow the rules of us and can't go anywhere. But like, whenever I'm on a two-lane road, I'm like, this person is killing me, this person is killing me, this person is killing me. Like, like, really. And I want you to think about it for a second, because that's really true. It's this. If you're driving your car at 40 miles an hour, and this person is driving their car at 40 miles an hour, and for a very split second, you guys pass each other. And at that exact moment, that split second when you pass each other, there's no one in the world in closer proximity than that person, right? And some of you are going to be like, well, what if I have someone in my car? And for you, I say, quit ruining my illustration. You're driving alone. I make the rules. Um, just shut up and enjoy it. Uh, some people just can't have fun. But like, so you're driving, right? And for that split second, like you're in the left-hand side of the car, and they're on the left-hand side of the car, and you're crossing. And they're the closest person in the world. But not only are they the closest person in the world with proximity, but also you guys have an intimate connection with this. For the last several seconds, you have been holding their life in your hands, and you have been holding their life in place. You've been holding their life in your I got it right the first hour. You've been holding their life in your hands, and they're holding your life in their hands. So, like, you guys, you guys are intimately connected. And, you're, and here's what we do all the time. Right. You guys are passing each other, and this person is the closest person in proximity, and also you are deeply interconnected in your life. I better text this person and tell them to get me a business. Or like, look at that cat video. We're going to ignore that person for someone. We're going to ignore this person who we are intimately connected with and who is right in front of our face, even if it's just for a split second, and we're going to pay attention to someone who is far off, maybe not even close to us in proximity, and quite often not even close to us in relationship. We're just going to... We're over there, like, keeping our streets up, like, ignoring this person. And do you see how insane that is? It is literally insane, okay? Because this, we're ignoring the person right in front of us, the person that God has put in our context, all right? The, God, the person that God has put in right in front of us for someone who we think is wonderful, all right? And that has never worked out in the history of Scripture. The second thing is that we're ignoring our flesh and blood because we prefer mediating to unmediated communication, so therefore our anger is going viral. This is a proven, they've done studies on this, and the, uh, if there have been studies on this, it's proven that no matter how many hashtag blessed like, posts that you do, or how many like ILYFM, happy birthday, HPD to this queen post that you do, like, um, whatever it is. Oh, I love to beat you. It's one of my favorite comments of girls making other jokes. Um, yeah, uh, so weird to say. I want to beat you. I want to kill you and replace you in the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if y'all ever see the count of Mr. Richard, but that's what happens. Anyway, um, no matter how many of those positive posts that you do, the most shared, most retweeted, most liked, most posts are angry posts. And this is what's true about America in 2019, is that everyone is convinced that it's terrible in America because they're historically ignorant and don't realize that this is a great time to be alive. And they also don't realize that, like, 
they obviously they're like, it's terrible now. And I'm like, what about the dust hole? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Every day I wake up and I'm like, dear God, thank you that I wasn't like a child in nineteen thirty five. Like, um his brother, 
he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. Listen to this principle. There is no possible way that you can love someone who is far off from you if you refuse to love the people who are close to you. There's no possible way. Some of you are wishing that you lived in a different town and you were part of a different group of friends. And I can tell you that wherever you're wishing you were, all right, that those people are wishing they were with you all. Right? And that's, you know, it's, look, not to quote the little mermaid, but the scenery is always greener on the other side of the lake. So, like, um, the deal is, is that God is, God is telling us, there's no possible way you can say you love me who you've never seen if you refuse to love these people who are right in front of you. And what our phonies encourage us to do is to ignore the people right in front of us for people who are far off. It encourages us to not follow this principle. Listen to what John says in 2 John. He says, Though I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk face to face so that our joy may be complete. And then Paul says in, in Romans 15, so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. And he says again in 2 Timothy, as I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may, filled with, that I may be filled with joy. Did you notice what emotion the Bible associates with face-to-face communication? It is joy. And what is the emotion that associates most with mediate communication? Anger. Which says that if me and Sweeney spend a lot of time face-to-face, that there will probably be more joy, and that if me and Sweeney spend a bunch of time texting, that there will probably be more anger. You see what's happening here? Is that we were made to have face-to-face communication. We were made, we were made for it. Alright? That we are not present in our own lives. That we're not present in our own lives. And that we're missing. you ever think what you're missing out on? I have this picture of this woman. I love this guy because he can't work his phone right. I think that's funny. But like, like, do you see her? Do you see her? This is the premiere. This is the premiere of Tired for the Caribbean, one of like nine or whatever one. (laughs) And, um, uh, People are taking shaky video of Johnny Depp or Orlando Bloom or Kieran Hyde or whoever it is. Jeffrey Rush. I just name check everyone who's in practice with But, uh, like, why are these people taking this picture of him? Like, but, but, like, why, why would you, why, think about this, why would you do that? Like, do I really want to see your video of Johnny Depp? Like, I don't want to see your video of Johnny Depp. Do you know that there are like professional cinematographers who take videos of Johnny Depp like on the daily? Like that's what they do. Like they make movies. Why would I want to see your shaky photos of him? You in the background and like, oh my god, there he is. Why are they doing that? This woman is present. She's going to remember this. I don't know if these people are going to remember. They're going to have to look at their phones and figure it out. Like, what's up there? Yeah, I was there. They're not even seeing it. They're seeing it through something else. And this is just highlight that here's the great lie that you might be tempted to believe. Is that your phone is keeping you from missing out on things. What I want to suggest to you is that, that your phone is actually making you miss out. Let me tell you a story. I had a friend and uh, I had a friend at seminary. He was on my college state. Um, we managed to get over our differences with good friends, mainly because we both kind of studied the same way. We had kind of the same plan for how to study for test. And so we would always uh, get together to study. They would stand, um, be the pastor. But um, we were talking about phones and texting, and, and um, he said that when he was in college, one night after all you at Ole Miss, 
and the group of missionaries were kind of in a circle or in a group afterwards, and they were talking about they were going to go see a movie. They were figuring out what time to go see some movie. And so this guy walked up, and he was like, hey, what movie are you going to come on? And they were like, they told him, and he was like, can I come? And of course they said yes, to come. But they weren't really like super excited about this guy coming, because they knew that he liked the girl in their group, and that was really the only reason he was coming. So, and I'm like, let my man work. You know what I mean? Like, come on, don't, don't get in his way. He's doing his thing. So, uh, but anyway, he said that would continually happen. They would be in a group somewhere afterwards, and this guy would walk up and be like, hey, what are y'all doing? Can I come? And, um, he would just kind of invite himself to come along. And uh, he said, Ben said, I didn't really like this guy. Um, and he said, Kurt, um, if we had just had a like, group tech, group chat, Snapchat groups, or whatever, like, none of that would have happened, right? We would have just texted each other or messaged each other, and, like, then, and there would have been no discussion, no, no group for this guy to walk up upon. He said, Kurt, that guy was in my wedding. He's one of my best friends in the world. Like, he's a groomsman in my wedding. He's one of my best friends in the world. And if I had had, if he had had me, what you guys have, he would have never met him. Would have never met one of these best friends. Now, I just want you to think about that for a second. I want you to think and ask yourself this: Are you ever really present where you are? All right. What are you missing out on that God has for you because you're convinced that somewhere else there's something better? That's exactly what Adam and Eve did. And I didn't even say this in the first hour, but that's a, they were convinced that there was something better that God was holding for them, and they missed out on the Garden of Eden, on perfection. What are you missing out on? Because you are constantly looking at the sun instead of paying attention to the people that God is bringing into your life all the time. I can't answer that for you, all right? But it's a question that's worth asking. Okay, I think I think we have like seven minutes. Yeah, yeah. We have like seven minutes, and I was supposed to get to this, but we're going to move on. Um, we're not we're not going to do that. We're just going to stop here. Um, so you guys can get a lunch early, and we'll try to tackle some more tomorrow. I'm going to have... Wait. You serve in the college shirt back there with the beard. You're clearly not a teenager. Yes. Tell me your name. Shane. We've met before, but probably here around the other 100 people. Um, Will you pray for us? Thank you, Shane. Amen.